Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Thanks for joining us once again. My name is Panos and today we're going to be talking about our beautiful dogs and their capacity to live in the moment. They do live for the now and it seems kind of airy-fairy, you know, wishy-washy, but it's so true. So, just a little bit of background of what compelled me to talk about this topic today is a couple of different things. Number one is life is generally stressful. We I think we have forgotten what the last couple of years have brought to us and all the underlying stress and uncertainty and, you know, the, the restrictions of movement and all those sort of things. I, I think in the moment for, for me, I think I dealt with it quite, quite good. I think, you know, the, the adversity of, of, of living was so different, you know, going through all the lockdowns and all that sort of stuff and, and everything that came with it, you know, the effect on business and, you know, seeing friends and family and all those sort of things, right? So, I'm not going to harp on that. I don't want to. But for me, I feel that the effects of it are starting to weigh on me a little bit heavier, maybe more this year and more maybe on a personal level and, you know, maybe in a professional sense and, you know, all the other things that come with life, right? Many variables of what we call our life. But one thing that's consistent throughout all of the craziness, whether there's a massive adversity in front of us and we're trying to deal with it and it gives you some sense of purpose or trying to deal with the effects of all the craziness and having to make sure that you're balancing your life and, you know, something that Bertie O'Sheedy um, talks about is, you know, um, dealing, um, addressing the pillars of life. You know, you aren't just one pillar. You know, you're, you're the thing that the pillar holds up and your, your job and your, and your marriage and, and your relationships and, you know, and what you like to do and your connection with, 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 um, with yourself or with God and all, all of those things must be squared away to kind of keep all those pillars strong so that the foundation of your life is and who you call yourself is something. But with all of that, our dogs seem to be the best in being in the in in the moment. And one thing that dogs have taught me, and it's something that, you know, comes from the saying, you know, I teach dogs to live in our society, dogs teach us to live in the now, is that it's the fundamental part of everything that I love about animals, is that they are dealing with whatever is happening right in front of them. Now, not to mention that they don't remember things from the past and they don't, who knows, if they wish for things in the future. And maybe all of this is really hard to even even talk about with revenants because how do we even know how they think and act and feel because they can't talk to us. We can only assess from their body language and how they, and how they behave. So with all the observations that I can gather is that, yeah, for example, spades has certain fears and phobias. If the, if thunder cracks in the sky, which is getting much better with, because we've been doing, you know, things to help him. However, he still remembers that he got scared when he heard that at some stage and it affects him today. But, He's not scared. He doesn't seem scared of thunder when there's no thunder around. He's not laying on the bed going, oh, my God, thunder could happen tomorrow. Um, humans are very good at doing that. Now, we know that because we feel it and we are a human. And also, we talk to others who feel the same way so that we can, you know, cross-section how we feel and how others feel. And we can say, yeah, humans can can be very prone to anxiety and depression. And again, it doesn't mean that dogs don't have anxiety, for sure. 
And some dogs will perceive one thing to be one thing and not the other. But again, I really do think that, and maybe very much like us, is that we see one stimuli and it has a, and it has, and it holds some form of conditioning and some association so that sometimes we see a signal or a stimulus and we react as if it was another stimulus. And that's where we then start cross-culturing all of our neurosis and our issues and project them onto certain stimulus, like going to a party made me feel insecure because being at a party when I was 13, I got ridiculed and this and that. And now every party will do that. And that's the problem. And that's what, when dogs go through these issues, we need to start to desensitize them that not every situation where there's lots of people around means you're going to get kicked, even though one time it did happen. But the good thing about the dogs is that they're so in that moment in terms of, and maybe decoding it a little bit more. I don't have any notes for this, by the way. This conversation has been triggered by a good friend. His name's Jamie. And um, we're having about like an hour and a half conversation before um, I started recording. And we're talking about all things personal, maybe not so much for the podcast. But um, but there are certain, certain um, I guess, insecurity that could be, that could affect the way that you feel that can affect the way that you think can then affect the way that you behave. And through this process and things that I've learned through dog training, and I'm so blessed that I've learned it through dogs because I can understand myself and the psychological process a little bit more clearer because the fundamentals are the same, is that I come home, busy day, family stuff, have some dinner, walk the dogs, 10 o'clock at night, probably raining because it's been raining in Sydney for like five months straight, maybe even six months straight. And I walk outside and I have the certain jacket on, the certain boots on. Now, my dogs don't see me and go bonkers, but they're like, (gasps) we're going for a walk. That's what's important in that moment. And something else could have been happening to them. They could be thinking, how am I going to get the rat that's running along the fence? And Spade's probably thinking, did Panos raise his voice? And and um, and is is there something, is there a situation that's unfolding? Or, oh my gosh, even, even if there was a crack of thunder and he sees that we're about to go out, he's ready to go. And the the good thing about that, of course, is conditioned to see the way that I'm dressed and he makes the association that he goes for a walk and he likes the walk. But the point is, is that it's so much easier for them to be in that current state of mind and what's happening right in front of them because that's just how they've been made up to be. And maybe the, the blessing and the curse for us as humans is the fact that we have more of an understanding of the future and how we can plan for it and that we suffer before anything even happens because we've projected ourselves so far forward or so far back. But for us to do something like what our dogs do, like if I was to sit down and I sat down today, I had to do a job, I'm not dog training related, down the road and I had Chili with me and I just stopped because I was waiting. And he just waits and he looks at me. Now he's probably thinking, are we going to go to the park and throw the ball? Are we going to go walk over there? Am I going to smell that thing? I actually believe he's thinking, he stopped. What are we stopping for? I'm just going to sit here. Look at that over there, but I've got to wait here. Hmm. And that's his thought process. So simple and nice and beautiful. Probably why we're so drawn to our animals and our dogs, because they're in the moment and they can really bring some some healing and therapy to us because we get a little bit of perspective where, of course, it's very beneficial to talk to other humans, but sometimes- the, you have to have the right sort of conversation. That conversation that I just had with, with Jamie, very, very fruitful and it came down, the bottom line was be more in the present moment, deal with the things that you can deal with, move forward in a way that you're conscious of doing it because yesterday's meditation for me pers- personally was I I had this moment of understanding that I am a flesh vehicle 
with electrical impulses in my head that are just buzzing, 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 go, 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 that we, that in that moment of reflection, I, and, I don't, and I know through meditation, the way that I understand it is don't try to suppress the thoughts, but just be aware of them and just let them float by, but don't hold on to them and don't let it hold on and then go down a rabbit hole and you're having these thoughts in, in everyday life. If you can't control it when you're calm and quiet, It's going to be hard to control our thoughts while we're doing things. I'm doing one thing, but I'm thinking about a bunch of other stuff. And I think that's what I mean about being in the moment. Our dog will still think maybe when he's sitting down contemplating life, maybe he's thinking about yesterday and tomorrow, maybe. But while you're training that dog and you have the thing that he wants and you're having an effective, good training session, he's thinking about only that thing in that moment, right? It would be the same as if you're doing something that you thoroughly enjoyed. And if you listen to this, you probably really thoroughly enjoy training your dog. And when you're training the dog, you tend not to think about other stuff. But another thing that's important and, you know, where the therapy comes from our dogs, and I I guess I never really realized it on this level before, is that when I, okay, so yesterday I was a little bit triggered about something and we're in the park, in New Park, I've walked in. And I had the ball, Chili saw me have the ball in this case, where normally my commands make the ball happen. I don't know if he knew I had it, but regardless, I told him to do a command, do a behavior. I think it was like to run around me. He did half a run around me, he checked out, and then he went to go smell the trees. Like, wow, something was interesting there. Now, in that moment, admittingly, I'm like, (laughs) Chili, told him to go around again. He went halfway around again, and then he went back to a different tree to smell. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, we're done. I put the ball back in my pocket. I'm like, I'm not going to play. Now, there was a few reasons. First of all, I know from reflection of my own behavior that if I try to, now I was already in a bad mood and now I've been frustrated. Now I have the choice now. The choice is, and this is about being in the moment, is finish the session so you don't get frustrated and, and, and taint the session because he didn't have to do these things. If I needed him to come, he would come. And if I needed him to do the around, totally would have made it happen. But I'm just exercising him in this stage. So in that moment- I put it in my pocket. I'm like, nah, we're not doing it because I don't want to get frustrated and I don't want him to like, I don't want to taint our um, communication and stuff. And also teach him a lesson because he understood the lesson. I put it in my pocket. I took five steps and he looked at me like, okay, I'm ready to do, do it now. And I'm like, what are you looking at? Like I told him to go away. I'm like, just go. Go sniff and do your thing. And the whole entire time he was staring at me while we're walking through this park. So hopefully the lesson for him was when I ask you to do a behavior, you should do it because maybe the Maybe that ball, that frisbee, whatever it is that I had, won't be accessible anymore. You've got to do this stuff. But maybe he wasn't in the moment when I told him to do the, to do the command when you have to do that thing. Or maybe on the other hand, he was totally in the moment. So you can see here that it's a very objective sort of conversation, or you know, a monologue here. And if I've if I've still got you at ten and a half minutes, then. You've come on the journey and the ride of this episode where I'm just going on a rant and just kind of putting my thoughts out into words. If I've lost you already, well, I guess you wouldn't have heard this. So I'm sorry about that. But I think here it's something to contemplate for yourself is that why and what is your dog actually teaching you in, in life? Because here I'm learning how to manage my emotions and manage my frustration. Don't do something if you're going to be in a bad state of mind. When you do do something, be fully engrossed in doing it. Just like our dog, when your dog's chasing a fly, is he like fully in the moment of the fly? Um, or if he's resting and the fly's buzzing around his head, is he not trying to be fully in the moment of resting? And I think when our dogs do something, balanced dogs anyway, and calm dogs, is that they are fully engrossed in that moment and they are aware of what's happening and you can just see them just look out. And they're probably just thinking, I'm watching grass. I don't know if they're thinking, 
oh man, yesterday the thing really happened and I don't know if it's going to happen again. And oh man, tomorrow I hope he brings that ball out for me. Like, I don't know if it has that, that capacity. And maybe it's a blessing for them not to have that capacity because that'd probably be even more difficult to deal with, right? And I think also this is not a very scientific um, conversation. It's more we're talking about the philosophy, philosophy of things. And I'm open for conversation if anyone wants to DM me and we can even take this conversation further. But um, But I guess to wrap up, when things get a little bit heavy in life and there's some, we call it chaos. Chaos, not in like in a bad sense, chaos in a term, terms of there is unstableness, volatile state, and then you have order where things are more fixed. And you can't always have fixed and you can't always have chaos. And I think chaos and order ebb and flow between each other, just like that whole yin and yang process. When you're going through chaos, try to try to be in the moment and also when you are feeling order be in the moment as well so you can make steps forward and with my dogs I really do find that and especially when I'm teaching people and I can literally one of the main reasons why I even do what I do and I'm going to continue doing what I do is that it's difficult to acknowledge that our dog has an issue it's even more difficult to acknowledge that we can create the issue. And even deeper than that is that through the process of teaching the dog to do the things we want them to do, we're going to learn important lessons about ourselves. And that's where I'm going to leave it is that everything that we're working with our dog, there's something reflecting back to us because why is it that the dog in one certain environment doesn't do the behaviors and another environment does the behaviors is because he's a reflection of what's happening around him and her. And having that being who's so connected on on such a deep level to us is reflecting stuff back to us about ourselves. I think is I think is a positive thing and positive thing. And I think there's been many times where I've explained where if I lose my temper, Spay doesn't like it and, and leaves the room. It's a great check for me to be like, hey, I've got to be come back into the moment and talk appropriately. Don't raise your voice. You know, be more patient. Don't let frustration dictate and don't let your anxiousness dictate everything that happens around you. We I wouldn't want it in, in my dog. So I wouldn't want it within myself too. And if I want my dog to feel good, then I, you know, and it has to be reciprocal. And also on top of all that, if don't rely on your dog so much for your therapy as well, I really do believe find some moment with just you yourself, you and somebody that is coaching you to help you. But I find that if we are, if we do acknowledge the fact that our dog can be good therapy and good for healing, if we don't want to use them as a crutch for oh, well, everything's bad, I'm only going to hang out with my dog. Not that it's a bad thing, please don't get me wrong. It's just don't let it be something that you use to fill the void within yourself. And I think that can be a whole nother conversation is that we find healing properties in certain activities and substances and, 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 and relationships, but relying on them too much means that you're not being the best for that other thing as well, whatever it is. And I think- being the best version of yourself in all areas, which means it takes a bit of, you know, consideration and you, we don't want to be too ignorant. The more ignorant you are to your to your issues, the, the, the less power you have because you're turning your back on those things. And it may be harder to look at it straight into the eye and make appropriate steps forward compared to, well, you know, I have a substance and I have a couple of relationships and my dogs include that relationship and I have a certain routine in my life and all these things keep me together. 
Because the problem is take one of those things out of the equation, you may fall apart again. So as much as our dogs are teaching us and we're all broken in our own ways and we're all here to heal and to move forward, it's find what it is that you can also support someone else. And that's being in the moment while, while acknowledging how someone else like your dog is, is positively um, influencing you. Try to find that happy balance. We're teaching them to live in, um, in our world and our world is not natural and it's usually not in the moment. We're in their world. And any natural state of most animals are present in the moment. And I think if us as humans took away our society and culture and we went back to a more nomadic way of living, a more primitive way of living, I reckon we'll be more in the moment too because we have to be more aware of current dangers around us and opportunities. And it's just harder to do it now in our world that everything's buzzing so fast. You've got to be running full speed just to be standing still, it seems. And we forget to be more mindful of the things that we're doing. So where I think our dogs are pockets of nature in our, in our house, in our property, in our world that constantly are showing us what it actually can be to be in the moment. And, um, and if we allow ourselves and, you know, having a child kind of allows you to be in the moment too, because it's like, Oh my God, what's that? Oh, why? Why this? Why that? And they, and only now, you know, getting over three years old, I can see my son now starting to become more about tomorrow and yesterday. We're a little bit younger from, from these days. You can see there was really whatever's directly in front of me is a thing that's happening. And there's something beautiful within that. And, um, and that's where like, you know, children and dogs kind of have that same capacity for, for us. So anyway, I really hope that you enjoyed this bit of a roller coaster of an episode. It's nothing really dog training related, but it's very much life with your dog related. And I think if there's any questions or any feedback, please hit me up. I appreciate you all. And, um, even though things have been maybe that little tiny bit tough, um, in terms of just, just because life is is always has always got its um ups and downs, I think what's most important for us all is to stick together, keep working with your animals and and your dogs in particular. And right, and I, maybe if there's any any takeaway that I could say from today is write down three things that your dog has taught you, and reflect on it. You know, you can share it with people that you that you um, like and that you trust. Hey, if you want to share it with us, you can DM that through Instagram, Life With Your Dog Podcast, or um, you can email that to us. Just go on lifewithyourdogpodcast.com and write a submission through there. If you want to share it, hey, I'm always here, um, down to hear it. And, and if you're willing for it to be shared, for others to be inspired, I think that's important too. All right, guys, I'm off to go train some dogs. Much love to you all and thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, dot com, dot A-U. I'm also on Instagram at kizuna canine training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.